I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome one and all to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Now the sorting is almost over, but we do have 13 new students. Exchange students, in fact, from, what does it say here, Gallifrey. Anyway, I'm sure it'll be fine. Line up, each of you, and let the Sorting Hat choose your house one at a time. There you go, good lads. And first, the first Doctor. Slytherin! Second Doctor. Hufflepuff! Third Doctor. Gryffindor! Fourth Doctor. Hufflepuff! Fifth Doctor, Hufflepuff, obviously. And Sixth Doctor, Slytherin. Seventh Doctor, Ravenclaw. Eighth Doctor, Gryffindor. Ninth Doctor, Gryffindor. Tenth Doctor, Ravenclaw. Eleventh Doctor. Is it possible to be in Hufflepuff twice? Because my god, this one's a Hufflepuff and then some. Twelfth Doctor. Ravenclaw! Uh, Dumbledore, sir, we miss one of the Gallifrey students over here. Claims he's this war doctor or something. Very well, sit down. There's a good chap. You're in! Hang on a minute, you're bloody expelled. I've seen inside your head. You've killed about a billion people. No, no, it's fine. Just pop him and slither in with all the other war criminals. Rightio. Uh, Professor... Uh, one other thing. Someone crashed a flipping big blue box into the Whomping Willow. Well, shark farts. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Doctor Is In. Paul Verhoeven here and I hope you're having a good one. Every week in this show I bring you a half hour of Doctor Who related goodness. This podcast uh, was recently described as short and punchy. Which, now that I think about it, is exactly how one would describe a Sontara. And anyway, this week we have a very interesting guest on the show. I wanted to talk to a lapsed fan and see why they jumped ship and see which Doctor they remember fondly. So I caught up with old mate Osha Gunsberg, host of The Bachelor Australia. I think you'll be shocked at his frankly arousing wealth of knowledge on the show. I know I was. But first, it's time for Whose News Is It Anyway? <laughs> First up in news, a throwback to classic Doctor Who. Now, Mike Bartlett, the writer of this week's episode, Knock Knock, has gone and confessed that he ditched a reference to classic Who. Idiot! Uh, one of Bill's new housemates in this episode, uh, Harry, played by actor Colin Ryan, uh, Harry tells Bill that his grandpa went backpacking in Asia with his boyfriend and was almost arrested for trying to steal a piece of the Great Wall of China, which... Sounds like something Justin Bieber would do before immediately abandoning a monkey. Anyway, uh, Bartlett told Doctor Who magazine that there was also originally a reference in the script to Harry's other grandfather, presumably the one he was named after, and that this grandfather was the Harry Sullivan. Uh, Harry Sullivan travelled with the fourth Doctor and Sarah Jane in the 70s. Now, why was this cut? 
No reason has been given, though presumably because the universe is a huge bastard isn't down as BBC editorial policy. Next in news, Skype. Now, we've all used Skype, right? Like, I don't want to presume knowledge on the part of people, but we've all at least talked our parents through Skype, you know, um, while they're inexplicably aiming the camera at the ground instead of their face and loudly claiming that the phone isn't working and can you fix this and, Paul, I need to lie down. Well, anyway, uh, the BBC have used Skype to create a six-part interactive series that lets you help the doctor out provided you add him to your Skype contacts first. So basically what it is, is it's an AI bot. So you add the contact and then the doctor, I'm doing rabbit fingers here, will actually contact you on Skype chat and send you videos, but also kind of talk you through this six part adventure in which the key to time, which again was a plot point in the fourth doctor's run, uh, has been inexplicably, you know, scattered to the four winds again. I had a crack at it this morning. It's not bad, but it does in fact raise this recurring issue I have. And that is that they've never made a really good Doctor Who game. Instead of trying to make a proper Doctor Who video game, god damn it, uh, they seem to keep skirting the edges and using like very strange technological cul-de-sacs. So whether or not this Skype bot takes off, I have yet to see, but l let me tell you something. If I, if I get drunk dialed by the Doctor on Skype later tonight, I am going to take that call. Now it's time to catch up with our guest for this week, host of The Bachelor, Osha Gunsberg. Thank you so much for, for joining for joining me on the podcast. I, I actually haven't talked to any lapsed fans yet, and I wanted to talk to somebody who's like dropped off the wagon, so to speak. Um, um fell off the wagon. You fell hard. Well Yeah, I did. Yeah, but I did and I knew I fell hard. I knew I fell hard when I was in Los Angeles in two thousand and eight and I was taking improv classes at the Upright Citizens Brigade mm -hmm. and one of the guys got on stage and started talking about his nerdy habit was um, getting online in the States. They hadn't started broadcasting it regularly there. And he was torrenting old episodes of Doctor Who. <laughs> and I thought, oh, wow, that sounds interesting. And then he named three doctors I've never heard of. And I thought, hang on a second. <laughs> oh, my God. So not only are you in America, and you mentioned Doctor Who, and I'm like, I know my Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. He named three doctors I've never heard of, and I realized that, it had been too long. Yeah, but why? Like, what? What? Okay, what threw you off the the, the metaphorical horse with Doctor Who? Why'd you quit? Um, well, for people listening in Australia, Doctor Who was a part of the afternoon ritual. There was a time, if you can picture this, before the internet, <laughs> when we had only but four channels. There wasn't even SBS. That's right. Um, there was Channel Two, Channel Seven, Channel Nine, Channel Ten, mm -hmm. and on Channel Two, which is the ABC, uh. It was, I believe, at 5 p.m. every day, 5.30, I think, because it was for the grown-up kids, Doctor Who was on. Followed, it came on after Blake 7, if you can get that, how mad back-to-back sci-fi shit got back then. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so it was part of the afternoon ritual. You'd watch Monkey Magic, you'd watch Doctor Who, you'd, the news would start, boring. Richard Moorcroft. Um, yep. So you have your dinner, do your homework, go to bed. Yeah. So once it, once it fell out of my daily ritual, it fell out of my life. Okay. And you never had a relapse? You never thought about dipping back into the show? Um, I had a science fiction renaissance when I got to the age of about uh, 19, but that was strictly Star Trek. I didn't really explore the time travel scenario going on because the Doctor Who that I left was, he wasn't as good a doctor as my doctor because we all have our doctor. Yeah. Um, he wasn't as good as my doctor. And so I, 
I wasn't really into it, into it, though, you know, I've since been told that the writing has explored extraordinary time travel conundrums and paradoxes and all kinds of things that I'm sad that I missed out on now. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't want to be the guy to evangelize. I'm not going to try and, by the way, the, the objective of this is not to try and bring you back into the folder so you don't have to... You know, I'm not trying. That's to, okay. I'm not trying to give you a taste. I'm not like a dealer. Mate, I had we had the Doctor Who technical manual hardcover in our house. Really? really? With schematic drawings, schematic drawings of all four series of Cybermen. So you know your stuff. Oh, we I did. <laughs> but that I did. But then that that got replaced in my later years by a a giant poster of the um, uh, USS Enterprise 1701D, and we would sit there watching the show. And then we'll go, number one, take me to this deck. And we're like, hang on, they didn't change lifts. They have to change lifts to get to that deck. Oh, God. Fuck you, Gene Roddenberry. You just got a mad boner for Jeffrey's tubes. You know, I know you. Um, uh, Christ. Yeah. Okay, any, so... Any, any episode that was a Riker episode really annoyed me. But we're not here to talk about Star Trek. We're not, but I feel like that is slightly relevant because that means, like, the, the strands of, you know, um, nerd DNA that Doctor Who injected into your veins via ABC's afternoon programming definitely, like, definitely had an effect on you, you know? Like, it's definitely planted something yeah, oh, there. Oh, absolutely. Oh, without a doubt. And I certainly, you know, even as a young man, I was very aware of the effects of television budgets on ability to tell stories. Sure. Um, the earlier episodes of Doctor Who, um, it was early in the use of chroma key, which is uh, people would uh, recognize that as a thing called green screen now, but in the old day, it was called chroma key. Mm. And so the, the running away from giant things coming at you from behind was oft used. And um, then there was a whole few seasons where, oh, Doctor, you've been confined to Earth. I guess that's no more interior of spaceships for the next few seasons. <laughs> and so it was just him and Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart for a long time. And I was eight, but I was like, oh, you just can't afford to build more baddies. Oh, that's funny. That's and, true. And everything's yeah. in a quarry because they always have access to the same quarry in Wales. Always a quarry. Everything's in a quarry and terrible tiny pyro and video on the inside and film on the outside. That's the other thing that was very indicative of the earlier episodes because the video cameras at the time you couldn't drag around yeah and so the moment that exit the tardis suddenly they're in beautiful 16 millimeter filming like, wow this is fantastic <laughs> and then they go back into the tardis one more second leela let's just pop in here for a second and what do you know it's in like weird video in a different aspect ratio and everything yeah and Oh man, that yeah. must have been. Hell. I was a kid. Yeah. I was a kid, but I was very attentive to this kind of stuff. Oh, you sound like a bundle of love, Sosha. I had the same thing though, because you do. You would have Leela and and Tom Baker, you know, leave the TARDIS and head into London from the TARDIS, and suddenly their paws are way more visible because everything's just slightly crisper, you know, and just looks a little bit, a little bit better. All right, so you've dropped. Okay, so you've just dropped a hint. Um, I, I think I know who your doctor is. It's you're definitely a Tom Baker guy, right? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. It's all Tom Baker the whole way. Because he drew the fine line of realizing how ridiculous the whole thing was. Yeah. Um, but also touched on it enough to um, to be like, uh, uh, yeah, of course, yes, I'm from Gallifrey with two hearts. Come this way, jungle woman. Come into my small little box and I'll whisk you away. Wait, you think that was a front for something? Or you just think, like, do you think Tom Baker just knew how silly it was at that point? No, in my dreams, Tom Baker and Leela used to do it all the time. Sure. Okay. Well... I was Tom Baker, and me and Leela used to do it all the time. Oh, you're a Leela guy. Interesting. Oh, come on. It's up there with Slave Leia. She was all kind of like 
you know, active and rough and fought people and killed dudes. And Tom used to have to be like, no, don't kill them. We don't kill people on Gallifrey. Yeah, yeah she, she had those Janus thorns, which she would use to basically... I think she had these poison thorns that she would use to kill... Yeah, he had to basically stop her from murdering people. A never-ending supply, like the dude in The Walking Dead. I never have to go buy new arrows, ever. It's been five years, buddy. So you think Leela's the Daryl? She's the Daryl of Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. But yeah, Tom Baker. Tom Baker was my my uh, my favourite Doctor. Um, though I believe the guy from um, uh, is it This Is It, uh, the political show. Oh, Malcolm Tucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. The most recent guy. Hang on. Yeah. Oh, your list is going to be screaming at me right now. No, no, no. 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 Peter, what's his face? Peter, Peter Capaldi from The Thick of It. Yeah. Yeah, the thick of it. That's it. The thick of it. Yeah. That's it. He became a doctor, and I would have liked to go and see his doctor, but now he's not a doctor anymore. So you got a few more episodes in you, but it would be weird to join at the end. You know, Mister Johnny come lately and just dive in at the at the end of his run. But you know, this so far. I started watching Doctor Who and it was black and white. I know, but you've stopped. You're lapsed. You know, you're gonna get up to speed. Oh God, man, it's not no. Because I could, I could. Are there still Cybermen? Yeah, yeah, there are still Cybermen. Is Davros still around? He was for a little bit. Um, he's incognito right now, okay. but he did come back and they got, you know, it's all the classic stuff still there. The Daleks are still there. Everything's still there. The, you know, ice warriors, Silurians, it's all there. So I did, I did like that, you know, they, they kind of predated Terminator, I guess, by creating the Dalek slash Cybermen, the unfeeling, unthinking race of machines. Yeah. Uh, even though Daleks inside had a, had a little animal called a Khaled, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> You know, to, that that would kind of out to in. You laugh. No, I'm impressed, dude. You're, you're saying I'm some sort of Johnny Come Lately. I was deep and strong, and the river ran through me. Right. And then I learned how to play guitar. So you know, it's okay. Oh, I see. You got too cool for us. Is that what happened? Us? <laughs> I'll have you know, I posed as Tom Baker and Yumi Steins as Leela for a TV Week dress up episode what? in 2004, I think. No way. Really? Oh, it absolutely exists. Dude. Hang on a sec. This has to come TV up. TV This is I was a... still Andrew G back then. Right, 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 uh, right. Doctor Who. Well, that's around the time. Stand by, but... I'm Googling. Okay, please, because this is going to be the preview image for the podcast now. I'm going to have to have your photo uh, up as Tom Baker. Be. Yeah, yeah. I wore a wig. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Oh, Christ. Uh, no, I can't seem to see. I can't, I can't find it. It is out there. It will find it. It most definitely was a poster. Oh, man. If this becomes some sort of, you know, mythical mythical artifact, it's definitely got to I know. It exists. No, I'm, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm, I'm really into that. I, um, I actually had this pet theory that I wanted to run by you because I know you are lapsed, but would you be the doctor if somebody offered you the role? Would you would you do it? Oh, in a blink. In a blink. Who who wouldn't want to explore uh, the, the the morals and values that make our modern society through the metaphor of a regenerating, recurring, time traveling, two hearted Gallifreyan by holding a mirror up to our own society using aliens and certain conundrums as metaphors for, say, for example, North Korea. I would like to very so, much. Yes. Okay. Man, that was a good soundbite. Okay. So listen, let's say you're the doctor. Let's say they give you carte blanche to design your outfits. You get design, you know, you get to design the TARDIS interior. You get to basically shape the look and the feel of your character. Who is your doctor? And is it just you on The Bachelor? And is the house your TARDIS? No, 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 no. My, me as the doctor would be, um, uh, I, I imagine me as the doctor. I would become the doctor. Yeah, yeah. And I would 
I would be um, like uh, Winston Wolf in Pulp Fiction uh, oh. in the tux. Sure. sure. You know, you know, straight from the the fancy breakfast, and he turns up to the house where Jimmy and and Vinny and Jules are having some problems with Marvin in the garage. If you've never seen the film, I won't spoil it. Um, and but that's what I would wear. Yep. Um, and the inside of the of the TARDIS would, I mean, it's got to be the Nostromo from Alien. Gorgeous. I mean, that's the only. That's the only styling I would want Ridley Scott and H.R. Geiger to design everything for me. Bit dark, sure, yep. but that's fine. This cold hold hung a white TARDIS with portholes everywhere. No, no, I don't like it. I'm not into it. But I do like the idea of a plot device to get us out of any tricky situation. Yep. Door stuck, sonic screwdriver. We can't get in here, sonic screwdriver. My past is not al dente, sonic screwdriver. Just that little tool <laughs> that can get you out of any writing difficulty before the act break. Well, yeah. That's the important part they, have as the Doctor. Because the fifth Doctor actually realised, and the fifth Doctor appropriately straight after your favourite Doctor, the writers realised that it was sort of becoming this deus ex machina, so he conveniently becomes a bit too good for the screwdriver, and Peter Davison didn't have the screwdriver. So they, you know, they did that. But as a result, he spent most of his run incarcerated. He was just sitting in cells waiting to be let out. Yes. But I always love that. Hold on one second. <laughs> hey, we're free. You know, I loved it. Oh, man. But it's, it's just the best. So that, that would be my, that be, that would be who I was. Yep. Um, and who would be my sidekick? Um, I guess going again, the Tarantino line, mm. it would be um, Beatrix, uh, from uh, Kill Bill. Beatrix Kiddo. So you pick her up after the ending yeah. of Kill Bill 1. She puts her daughter into daycare. Or does the daughter come as well? No, no. Daughter's off um, Daughter's off uh, killing her mother's enemies as a kind of like a, a a parallel universe where she becomes the kid from Kick-Ass. Jesus Christ. What a tangled web. Okay, so she's. are, are you going to try and get the daughter back? Is this a quest for you and the bride to redeem her daughter? Or is she, do you trust her no. to do anything? <laughs> You're letting her do I'm lost in... <laughs> I'm lost in space with Uma Thurman. Okay. I'm sensing a theme here, and it's that Ocean wants to be lost in space with uh, with strong women. Okay, all right, fine. I'll note yeah, that yeah. down. Yeah. I mean, my, obviously, my wife is the answer that you're asking, uh, <laughs> but I'm just going for people that others would know. Of course. Like, yeah. Um, all right. But yeah. Just lunchpins. Yeah. Look, just. And keep... I would like. I would like a. I would like a canine, but I want the old school canine that can't actually turn right. It has to reverse in a J shape to get any turn going on. Yeah, I do like a robotic companion that has to pull those three-point turns that Austin Powers pulls in the first Austin Powers when he gets stuck in the mm, corridor. You yeah. know, just endless little little left and right turns. I think that robot dog yeah. was such a beautiful twist. There was one point, because to get out of the TARDIS, you have to pass this just slight raising of the floor. And K-9, they would always just cut before he got to that point, because he couldn't crest that. Mm. You know? Daleks, would, Daleks would appear upstairs. How did you get up here? I know. <laughs> I, I, I remember my brother and I once were like, the Dalek's coming. Run up the stairs. Sweet. That's it. Yep. You know? In the new Doctor Who, there's a point where they run up some stairs and like, well, we're fine now. And the Dalek just goes, hover mode initiated. And then it just starts to coast up the stairs towards them. It's You're so, kidding me. It's great. But they Hover mode. It's so good. Suddenly there's flying Daleks. Just So <laughs> that, would be, that, would be my, that would be my TARDIS. But if you've ever been inside a, an actual phone box in the UK, mm. they're often littered with um, saucy pictures of call girls. Um, so I'd probably have that confined to maybe just one room. But I'll always take a big ball of yarn in case I got lost inside the TARDIS because, as we all know, it, it's it's very big in there. It is very, very big. And, and uh, finally, uh, in terms of the... Oh, okay, so your Doctor's a fixer. 
he just coasts up and he fixes problems and he's very charming and then he leaves and people are like, who was that guy? So you're you're a fixer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I do I do like the idea of uh, Earth history as a place to um to explore mm. um, because there's too much exposition other, otherwise. You know, when when you land in some new planet, you got to explain the rules of the universe and explain who's who and blah, 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 blah. But if you suddenly turn up and go, oh, we're at Waterloo, boom. You know, everybody knows where you are and you can get straight to the meat of the pie. Sure. You don't have to, you know, in the writing I'm talking about, you don't have to spend so much time explaining where you are and who you are and why you're there. Right. No, that makes sense. Plus, I mean, you could pretty much go anywhere and do anything. If If you could go to any period in history and do anything, like... To be honest, what I would probably do is go back to, I think, the very earliest days of the automobile, mm. uh, where it was a legitimate race. This is before any petrol delivery infrastructure had been built. If you were to drive a car, you actually had to carry cans of gasoline around, sure. which was difficult to obtain, and it was hard to find in pure forms. and it came with varying degrees of, of uh, you know, purity and would cause problems with the engines. There was a legitimate battle between cars that ran on gasoline and wet cell batteries. They had recharging stations and everything. This is in the early 1900s or really? late 1800s. It's actually, absolutely, huh. absolutely. Um, actually, uh, came back from Germany recently and got my brother a. Um, my brother works in the motor industry. I got him a poster of. Um, the Mercedes electric wagon uh, from the Benz electric wagon from 1890 something. Haunting. And I would go back then and I would lobby on behalf of the electrical cars because unleashing half a billion years of, of carbon uh, accrued into our atmosphere um, hasn't been the best thing that humans have done. And I'd like to impact us as little as possible. And I think that one yeah. would be a way to do it. Because if you have the mass transportation powered by this, then you start to, you know, develop battery technology and generation technology because, of course, hydroelectric was around back then. So yep. just try and, you know, be the, you know, Winston Wolf that turns up in a tux. Because let's be honest as well, tuxedos, you can travel through time quite easily. Tuxedos never really change. That's true. All right. So That's you can true. turn up at a black tie ball back then mm-hmm. and go, oh, hello, Mr. Benz. Hello, Mr. Daimler. Let's talk. And you can sort it out. That's what I'd do. You know what's funny? That's exactly what the doctor would do as well. You've acquitted yourself very well today, Osha. Get a help. You got Thank the you ro- for having me. You got the role. Thanks, Osha. Bye. <laughs> you got it, man. This week in Doctor Who Cliff's Notes, we're looking at the fourth Doctor. Okay, here's a question. What do you get if you have some curly hair, some big teeth, and some jelly babies? Apart from a very, very upsetting crime scene. Well, if these things are all on a living person and you're looking at them, it's probably Tom Baker's iconic fourth Doctor that you're dealing with. Now, look, cards on the table. It does seem a little silly that I would need to do a Cliff's Notes on the fourth Doctor, because up until the new series, when most people pictured the Doctor, that's who they pictured. You know, they, they, they pictured Tom Baker, this enormous, larger-than-life theatre actor who was working on a construction site to make ends meet, and then he ended up playing the Doctor for seven seasons, which just goes to show that, like, anything can happen in life. So, where does one start with Tom Baker's Doctor? Well... First off, he was in 172 like proper full-length episodes. That is a lot of television by anyone's standards. And after being confined to either working with Unit on Earth or being bossed around by the Time Lords, one of the first things the Fourth Doctor did was he buggered off. Like exploration was pretty much his his MO for a lot of the series. 
Now, he traveled initially with the Surgeon General for Unit, the utterly delightful Harry Sullivan. In this week's episode of Doctor Who, as I mentioned before, uh, one of Bill's housemates, Harry, is technically Harry Sullivan's grandson. But he also traveled with Sarah Jane Smith, and he had to leave her on Earth when he got a telepathic message to return to Gallifrey, who, when it comes to humans, were species just beyond belief, and as we've established, kind of colossal buttholes. So yeah, he left Sarah Jane Smith abandoning her. Now, Sarah Jane Smith was an incredible companion uh, who was carried over from John Pertwee's run, but after he left her on Earth, Sarah Jane then became a superb adventurer in her own right, and in the new series, in the Tenet episode School Re Union, she ran into the Doctor again. Finally, after all those years, a chance to kick him right in the happy sacks. But she didn't. She ended up kind of helping him out, and uh, she and K9 got reunited, and obviously, you know, all this great stuff happened. She had a spin-off series of her own, and we all dearly love Elizabeth Slayton. Now, the Doctor got embroiled with the Master once again in a story called The Deadly Assassin, which I kid you not, and this is super weird, features a VR database of all Time Lord knowledge in which the Doctor gets trapped and in there, the Master can summon weapons, vehicles, and bad guys at will. So the Doctor is jacked into this machine and cannot get out. What is the name of this mainframe? The Matrix. How did the Wachowskis not get sued for this blatant plagiarism? I just, I, I can't even process it. So there you go, the Doctor Who universe technically gave birth to the Matrix, at least in my mind. Now, the fourth Doctor went on to travel with Leela, this warrior woman, for some time, uh, taking her to London where... She keeps trying to kill people with Janus darts. Now, there is something so charming about the Doctor having to patiently tell his companions to maybe not slaughter people. Oh, and let's not forget that the Doctor adopts K9, a robotic dog who just recently got a makeover so tacky it would make a brat doll look subtle by comparison. Now, he then went on to work with a time lady called Romana uh, during a, a series of stories called The Key to Time. And Romana was played by Mary Tam, who left the role, and so they had her regenerate. She is the only companion to actually regenerate into a new actor. Now, this new incarnation uh, was played by Lala Ward, who was utterly brilliant. And Lala Ward and Tom Baker fell in love on set and got married. They are separated now, but Lala Ward's married to Richard Dawkins, because life wasn't weird enough already, frankly. Now, the fourth Doctor also went on to travel with Adric, an infuriating little tit who wore bright colours, but who, later on, and I have to be honest here, he had the single most poignant death of any companion ever. Uh, the fourth Doctor also travelled around this time with Nyssa, a hyper-intelligent aristocrat, it's a rare breed, and Tegan Javanka, who we had a good-natured dig at in last week's sketch. Now, as his run drew to a close, his stories became darker, though in the middle there, the show had scripts from Douglas Adams, so things got very, very surreal and funny. Now, his tenure on the show covered almost every genre of television. There was bombastic sci-fi action capering, there was gothic horror, it replete with a, like a spare steampunk-ish TARDIS console room, there was absurdist comedy, there was bonkers Gallifreyan political thriller, you name it, it was there. And then he regenerated after falling from a radar dish after trying to tinker with some wires, which by the way is a perfect visual metaphor for the bloody NBN. Now before I go, we need to talk about his scarf his incredibly long scarf. Apparently the reason it's so long is because the costume designer commissioned someone to make the scarf and was like, okay, I'm just gonna get a bunch of different colors of, of wool uh, to send across as like, you know, ideas. What happens is apparently, this could be wildly apocryphal, there is a communication error and the woman making the scarf just gets all this wool and is like, well, I guess I have to make it all into one scarf. As a result, the scarf was long enough to trip up bad guys and even repel down cliffs. 
The fourth doctor also had a tendency to offer people jelly babies, perhaps because he was very alien and detached, unlike Pertwee's doctor. Have you ever met somebody who has so much trouble making conversation that their first impulse is to distract you from their you know, inability to converse with you by just thrusting food in your face? So basically, the fourth doctor was my grandmother. Now, there are so many amazing episodes uh, that you can watch from the fourth doctor's run. So let's just start with a few of the most noteworthy stories. I would start with an arc in space, and then I would watch probably one of the best uh, Doctor Who stories ever, and that is Genesis of the Daleks. You could then move on to Pyramids of Mars. Brain of Morbius is a really good one. Uh, The Deadly Assassin is my personal favorite. Uh, You could also watch Seeds of Doom, in which you get to see Tom Baker smash a guy in the face. Talons of Wen Chiang is absolutely incredible, and it introduces two of the best Doctor Who, you know, um, tangential characters, and that is Jago and Lightfoot. You could also watch the Key to Time story arc, which is very, very long, but it ostensibly introduced the idea of an overarching uh, narrative thread going through an entire season of the show, which is obviously all we get nowadays. Then I would recommend watching City of Death, if you like a bit of John Cleese in your Doctor Who, and you can finish it off with the fourth Doctor's regeneration story, Legopolis. Next week, we will be looking at Peter Davison's fifth Doctor, the one with the decorative vegetable. Sadly, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of The Doctor Is In. I do hope you enjoyed yourself, and an extra special thank you to my guest this week on the show, Osher Gunsberg. What a sport! You know what, I reckon by next week he'll be back into the show. I think I did just sort of reintroduce this thing into his bloodstream, frankly. Or maybe that's me being optimistic. Now, on next week's episode, there is a guest on the show. Uh, I'm not allowed to say who it is, but I will say this much. Holy crap. So please keep your ears peeled. Don't forget to head across to iTunes and like and subscribe and leave a rating and all that other stuff. And tell friends about the show if you can. Uh, that's actually the best way of, you know, making this show a thing. And there is so much left of this season of Doctor Who. I have so many huge things planned for this show. And you folk have been absolutely incredible and so supportive. So thank you so much uh, for making this show what it is, really. And uh, I will catch you all bright and early next week. I'll see you later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.